<laughs> Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. Um, a podcast where we watch Glee episode by episode and critique, review, hate, and love the show. Yeah. Uh, this I'm sorry for my I'm sorry for my dour introduction. It's this week. Listeners know they they see the yeah. title. They they've been following with us. This week we're talking about season five, episode three, the quarterback, which is um, the episode that is intended to be a memorial to Finn Hudson yeah. and I guess by proxy Corey Cor- Monty and Corey. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, yeah. Uh, and there's like a lot of there's a lot of reviews on this episode mm-hmm. just like in general like the cultural consciousness was a lot more aware of this episode because of Corey Monteith's passing yep um, yeah so like you know people tuned in to see if Glee were if they were gonna do a shitty job or not um, <laughs> I mean it I mean let's true. be real it's like true. that was the reason right yeah. um uh yeah. and. Uh, there's like one reviewer. I don't really want to go through reading the quotes or anything um, like that. They're really interesting. They're on like the Wikipedia page if you want to go check it for a cool collection. Um, but one reviewer mentioned how there isn't really a story this episode. It's just sort of like space um, for characters to like deal with grief yeah. and in turn like the cast themselves to deal with grief and I think that's a really accurate way of putting it um, and I don't think it's really detracting from like the episode or the the story overall to kind of just move to a less linear um, plot for this episode yeah um I, there are yeah. there are plot points that like develop and change over the course of the episode, but yeah, yeah. My big thing, like we're 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 gonna dig into it, people. Don't worry. I all I just want to make a disclaimer here at the top. Corey Monteith's death is a tragedy. I'm oh absolutely. And so like we're pro- like me especially. I can only talk for myself. I will probably say something this episode that can be construed as offensive or rude. I apologize in advance. I know I've said some pretty hateful things in the past, but it is a tragedy and it is very sad. Um, and yeah. I don't think Glee made and- a bad choice in trying to like honor Corey's memory. Yeah. I think that was good. I think that was a good idea on their part. I I mean, I completely agree because it's, and we need to make a point um, and we've made it before, but like Corey Monteith and Finn Hudson are not the same person. No. Um, there are like very, it's very different situations and there the show's not explicit in how Finn died right. um which we'll get into in a moment i'm sure um but uh like Corey's death is a true tragedy and in turn Finn Finn's is as well um yeah but they're not it's not the same thing no. um which yeah, yeah like uh, anyway so before we before we jump in just kind of to reflect what you're talking about with people tuning in so this episode originally aired on october 10th 2013 and it had 7.39 million viewers which is yeah the most people since britney 2.0 yes in season four yeah because last episode just for reference had 4.42 million viewers like people tuned in for this yeah so. near, nearly double the amount of yeah. viewers yep uh, which makes sense. Yeah. And it was written by the the tr- the triad, the the real unholy trinity, uh, <laughs> Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and Ian Brennan, mm-hmm. uh, and directed by Brad Falchuk. I think they made a smart choice to keep it in-house for this one. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So uh, let's get it. Let's get into it, right? Yeah. So the episode opens up with a. Um, uh, it, it originally it starts with the Glabies, but then everyone else from New Directions joins in, as well as yeah. the original Glee members, most of them at least. So we open with the Glabies singing Season of Love on the auditorium stage, yep. uh, and then we add in the core cast, basically, uh, as, they, as the song progresses, yep. uh, with Mercedes singing the, you know, like the... The black belter yes. part yeah. from from Seasons of Love. You know the one. Um, and she sounds amazing, of course. Santana sings a little bit. Then we get some bits from uh, Kurt. Uh, the whole cast is here. Um, notably, Quinn is absent. Yes. Uh, and is there anyone else? Um, Brittany? Yeah, Brittany's not here either. Um, and I guess technically Joe and Sugar, maybe. Like... I mean, for the most part, it's everyone who is here at this point because we haven't seen Quinn since the wedding. Brittany is a little weird since she, but she was she's been locked up in MIT or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so overall, the song is amazing. Of course, yes. it's a good song to start off with. Obviously, it it sets the tone. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, Glee like saved this song for this moment. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I wrote down the song is good, but honestly, how could you fuck it up? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and, totally. And the other, the other thing. And like, here, here's where I know, like, like, it's like, I'm my goal for this episode. I want to treat this episode with respect, but I am still going to make jokes because here's my real, yeah. here's a quick question. How do you measure a year in this fucked up timeline? Like, in this fucked up timeline, that's a good question. Probably in cups of coffee for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's a super great choice um, to have the Glabies start singing and then basically not address them for the rest of the episode, except for maybe a short moment yes. uh, where Kitty has a single line. Great idea. Uh, really hone in on the core cast who um, can provide emotional performances that don't feel fake yeah uh, well we'll, well we'll get to the, that the majority of them <laughs> um, they <laughs> so yeah. we go to do you have more to say about seasons of love well, i was just gonna say they end this by all turning around to look at a big picture of finn um yeah i wrote down that i don't think it's the best picture of finn it's an interesting picture of finn uh definitely from like season one yeah uh I don't know why they didn't go for like a more current or version. Just in general, more flattering. Like, I, I don't sure. know. And it, it's... Well, it's he's wearing like football stuff, yeah. and like the episode is called the quarterback because they're really trying to tie Finn to this like football shit, right? Even though he was never really all that good at it. <laughs> yeah, uh... that's okay. Here's the other part where like I know we're probably gonna ruffle some feathers, but like this episode is full of like revisionist history that always happens when someone dies, where like yeah, everything everyone says is like tinged with some little lies about like. We're just going to ignore yeah. some of the bad things and embellish Which some of the good is, things. I mean, like, it's fine, yeah. you know, because people are grieving and it's sad. Yeah, but it's also just, um, I, I just, well, there are specific no, I, instances I under- that I'll bring up when we get there. But like, I understand yeah. the feeling, but also, you know, yeah. Glee can Glee is allowed to be revisionist here, in my opinion, because they need to like close the book on a good note. Sure. Um, we, you know. we get the title card, and then we move, Maggie. We move to New York, of course. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, yeah. Kurt is packing, 
and there's a monologue on top where we find out that this is three weeks after Finn's funeral. Uh, yes. I think this is a good time to sort of like ad- address the timeline here. Yes. Um, I think it's a good idea that they didn't really get into the weeds with this stuff and like show us Finn's funeral because that would honestly be like sort of fucked up yes. considering like Corey's actual passing yes. and his family. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Kurt is going back to Ohio after three weeks of being in New York again. Fuck, like, his Miata professors must fucking hate him. Well, uh, and, like, he works at the diner and also at Vogue.com, and, like, they must be kind of fed up with him. It's just, the big thing for me, like, I agree that I, I don't want to see the funeral, obviously. That's not, like, in no way do I have any desire for that. But this makes zero sense because it really where, does where are these three weeks like where where do they exist in where they time? happen like yeah like when when did kurt get engaged in comparison to like right like it seems stuff. really inappropriate to, <laughs> to, like considering yeah. the circumstances but just considering that like finn like the only way that i can like really piece it together is that either they've inserted three weeks here or, like, these three weeks have been happening, which means that, like, some real fucked up shit has happened in the middle where it's, like, Blaine proposes to Kurt out of nowhere, like, right after, like, his brother died. Like, yeah. that seems weird. <laughs> so. That's pretty intense. Um, Hopefully that's not what happened. Yeah. It's hard to know, though, obviously, because Glee has decided to kind of go in this sort of space where they don't have to explain stuff. Yes. Uh, sure. Uh, and... We see a, like, so Kurt, this is where we get to the point where um, Kurt's like, people are always talking about how he died, uh, but who cares? He was my brother, and that's all that really matters, um, is that, like, his life is over, not not the, and, like, we should focus on his whole life rather than, like, the one moment that it ended, or whatever, Um which is fine. Um, yes, I I agree. Um, there, I, I because yeah. I even there was like a review right. that was like, oh, they should have ha- like used this moment to like educate people, um, which is not. No, it's I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, they really shouldn't have because it's like so like co opting Corey Monty's experience and in turn like exploiting him right. and his death. And like his suffering of a of a disease right. is not the way to do that. No, and that's <laughs> I, I I read that little block of review stuff too, and like that was one thing that kept coming up where people were like, "Why didn't they give us more information?" And I'm like, "Really? Like, I mean, have you been watching the show? <laughs> I ha- I have a feeling that a lot of these reviewers didn't watch, yeah. haven't been watching, and like turned tuned in for this episode, and it's like, do you realize how fuck how like." Glee would have fucked that up so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it already. <laughs> Do you know? It, like, we'll we'll get to the letter, but it already feels exploitative without having all of these like gritty details. So, like, my my yeah. favorite thing though is my note on this is uh, the writers refuse to talk about how Finn died, and fuck you for being curious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, yeah. Uh, and so there's a moment where Kurt hides like a photo of him and Finn yes. in their graduation outfits. Uh, Cause he's like, I know if Rachel's going to come in here that I hide this because right. she doesn't want to see it. Um, and then we get like an out of focus shot from Rachel's point of view as Kurt is like telling her that he's leaving. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and it, uh, I guess it's to imply that Rachel is in like intense grief mode. Yeah, she, she's in some kind of fugue state. That makes sense. Uh, yep. And then we go back to McKinley, where we see Emma, Sue, Will, and Shannon in the teacher's lounge, sort of debriefing um, what their position is as teachers here. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Sue has constructed a memorial garden. Uh, she also makes a boob joke about Finn's Finn being fondled um, by Quinn Fabray, and... Everyone is like, wow, that's so inappropriate. And Sue is just like, this is how I deal with my grief. It just makes, it's just, you know, unfortunate that this is how I deal with all my emotions. <laughs> I mean, that is by being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and then we start getting kind of like the rosy glasses where like Shane's like, he was the best quarterback the school has ever seen. And like, eh, but my favorite part is Sue has a direct line where she says, it's our job, like something about like how it's it's our job um, to like like stay stand solid or something by not making a self serving spectacle of our own sadness. Yeah, which, uh, that fr- that phrase is like, but isn't that is, this episode? <laughs> but isn't this exactly what you're doing, Glee? Isn't, like, isn't that this? Yeah. So, um, Ooh. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, uh, Emma's also like bemoaning her job as like a counselor because no one's coming to be counseled yes uh okay and now we're gonna go back to the choir room where will is sitting like sits in the new direction risers to have one of his you know like will chats about how Mm -hmm. they're gonna process their grief through song this week and puck is belligerent yeah as per usual i wrote down puck reveals he'll be the angsty one for this episode um yeah, well, because he's dealing with a lot of stuff right now. You know, like, he thought Finn was going to be his life partner, and then it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean... I mean, legit, that's what it is. I, I know. It just part of this to me, like, when they opened it with Seasons of Love, it kind of felt like it was the beginning of a play where, mm. like... And it's just weird because it... Like, and I know some of the reviews brought this up where it's like, oh, this is like, you know, this doesn't really have a plot and things just kind of happen. And like, that's fine because they're dealing with grief. But on the other hand, it also like Puck makes sense to me, but it does feel like yeah. they just they just picked a couple characters to be like, you are going to be an example of grief for us. Like, well, I feel like it's a like it's a way to play with the idea of like masculinity and like hiding of one's emotions um, yeah. And, like, how that can really affect someone who is going through intense emotion. We see it in... It's, like, a common theme through the episode. Because we right. see Puck having trouble dealing with his emotions and showing emotion. And we also see Will facing the same thing. And Santana, to a certain degree. Yeah. So it's about, like, like the sort of bottled up idea that you... You know, like... There's some theming here, right? Sure. And it makes sense to me that Puck would deal with this sort of thing belligerently because that's, like, who he is. Sure. That's fair. But so so let's keep moving this scene. Mercedes immediately starts this off with a rendition of I'll Stand By You. And she does mention that, like, she's like, Finn told me that this is the song he sang to his sonogram. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah. I had a note. This is This is the other, like questionable one for me i had to know that i was like it's weird to have a memorial episode where you do the songs that the person sang but better um 
Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was season one Finn. He wasn't that good. Like, it's that's true. Um, man, back when season like season one Finn had like some real ups and downs, didn't he? Was that was this in the same episode as Grilled Jesus? No, it couldn't have been. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to want to think about it. Like that's so horrible. I don't either. Um, yeah. but I'll I'll stand by you. Was um. I mean, it's pretty good the way that Mercedes sings it. Obviously, it's amazing because she's amazing. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it is just like Mercedes belting out a beautiful number in front of the Glee Club. Yep. Uh, I don't think it needed to be more than that. But when I was watching it for the second time, I did not pay attention. Um, yeah. I listened to it, though. Yeah, there's a lot of um, this episode, pretty much during all the numbers, they have a lot of shots of people looking sad crying well, and being sad okay crying is a stretch um they cry at the end they do but no one really cries before that there's a lot of sobbing yeah. there's a lot of sobbing but not a lot of actual there's a lot of tears. like yeah yeah there's a lot of like body sort of yeah i don't know writhing yeah cr- cry writhing yep. um yeah so she she sounds amazing obviously yep. now we go to sue's office where kurt um is talking to sue about the stolen tree. Somebody stole the tree out of Finn's memorial garden. Um, we get a, a cut to a sequence where Puck is obviously stealing yes. it, uh, with his, featuring his motorcycle, which makes loud appearances this episode. Uh, and then we see him eating an apple with a knife in his hotel room as he stares at it. Yes. Uh, with its bare roots to the open air. Yeah. Um, and then Sue takes the opportunity to steal $20 from Kurt. Um, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah. So uh, then we move to uh, a very heavy scene because we're... I'd say it's the most emotionally hard-hitting moment of the episode. Um, I know some of the reviews mentioned that this is like the best moment without singing, but I think it's just like sort of the best um, processing of grief moment for the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, I... Because yeah. to me, a lot of the songs don't really feel like grief processing. They feel like single production. Right. The the one, so, the one I will say that comes later is like the scene with Rachel, mostly because Leah Michelle yeah. is like, honestly, here's part of my issue with this episode. I'll just get to it now because it kind of is relevant here. Is that like, I know that a lot of these people like, like effectively in my, like when I think about it, a lot of these people were co-workers with Corey Monteith. And, like, yes, yes, it's very upsetting when a coworker dies. And, like, yes, you have a good relationship with them. And it is something that you do have to process and you grieve. And, of course, I'm not, like, taking that away from anyone. But Leah Michelle was the one who, like, was in an intimate yeah, she romantic was, relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, they, they were, like, the engaged. Things, like, in the scenes with Rachel, I feel like I get a lot more, like, realness. You know, like, I don't like, know. Legit, in, in like, this scene, emotional response whereas some of these other ones i'm not again and i'm not saying that they can't have them and i'm not saying it's weird because actors have to do this like actors have to portray sadness but since it's just connected to like a real person and like a real death it feels so weird to have these people who are pretending to be his parents like grieving over him when like i know that cory monteith has real parents i don't know it just feels weird it's not bad. Know. They're th- very good actors. Carol and Burt are yeah. amazing actors, and they do a very good job. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's some really amazing performances across the board, um, especially in this ep- in this little scene here. Um, 
because the, the grief does feel quite palpable and real to me. It doesn't feel fake, sure. um, which I, I think is definitely like helped along by the fact that the actors themselves are grieving. Uh, yeah. So let's get to the episode, the, the scene here. Um, the Hummels are sorting through Finn's room. Yes. Uh, and they see like the ball from the Beyonce football game, the faggy lamp Mm -hmm. as it is verbatim called in the show multiple times. Um, so Bert says that he wants this lamp, uh, for his, for his office at, at the tire shop. And we get a little bit of revisionist history here where Bert is like, Finn didn't have a prejudice bone in his body. When I tore into him about this lamp, it was really a lesson for myself. Um, which is not entirely true in my opinion. I mean, Finn obviously was prejudiced and was like pretty, and did like, like some pretty fucked up things because of that prejudice. Um, and he was supposed to have like resolved it as a character. Uh, so I think it would be more respectful to Finn as a character to be like, wow, he, he grew and changed so much. Yeah since that moment rather than saying he was never prejudiced that's and that honestly is where a lot of this like revisionist history is really upsetting to me it's just that like you can't have it both ways you can't claim that finn was the perfect angel and also be like and finn you know like grew so much and it's like i mean it's one or the other he can't be both it's just Yeah. yeah um bert it has a speech about how he should have shown more like physical affection to Finn and like hugged him more mm-hmm. rather than like holding him at an arm's length. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kurt takes the Letterman jacket yep. when Carol goes to donate it um, and puts it on. And that's when Carol sort of um, breaks down herself yep. and she has a really hard hitting like emotional speech about parents losing their children yeah. um it's and then it's really good it's really well done. it's really good yeah. and her like she cries legitimately so does bert so does kurt like this this is why i'm like saying this is the best scene yes. is because it it does really feel emotional and it feels like they are they are tapping into um like true feelings here um yeah that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I And yeah. then with like the family comforting each other, it's it's yeah. It's really good. I think it's the best scene of the episode. Yeah. Um I just just to roll back a little bit with the lamp, they do refer to it as uh, I'm not going to say, it, but they use the uh, I yeah. I I did say it. I don't know if it cut out. Um, it did, but like I did say it's it. Just, it's so because it goes, it ties into that same thing where I'm like, you don't get to, like, please don't say it now to, like, make it, like, is it supposed to be endearing that, like, Finn said a slur? Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, also, I also have to agree with Carol, that lamp is fucking hideous. It is gross as hell. Like. I I think it's sort of cool. Oh, God. I, but anyway, yeah, no, I agree. I would yeah. I would definitely um, use it to, like, accent a room. Oh, my God. So, but you're right. I, I think this does have, this is definitely, if not the best scene of the episode, one of the best scenes of the episode. I definitely credit that to the skill of uh, the actors of Bert and Carol. I think they're very and, good. And Kurt, too. Yeah. I think Chris Colfer does a good job. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, overall, like, I think Chris Colfer, like, has a good performance through the episode yes, of yeah. like the grieving brother. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so yeah. now we're going to go back to McKinley. Uh, Puck and Kurt are surveying the dumpster from the pilot that Kurt got thrown into. Yes. Um, Kurt is wearing the jacket yep. and Puck demands it. Uh, he's like, you don't have, like, you have a bunch of mementos to grieve over. I have nothing. I want that jacket. I'll pay you for it. And Kurt refuses. Well, and then Puck also says some bullshit about glitter. And it's like, fuck off. Um, Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't want you to turn that into a Project Runway shawl. And Kurt's like, what the fuck are you going to do? Throw me in a dumpster? Well, okay, <laughs> so let's let's hone in on that a little bit. Because the reason they're having this conversation is there's a group of, quote, losers who are, like, I guess, nerds and stuff who are painting this dumpster in memory of Finn. It's yeah. weird that you say that this person who didn't have a prejudice bone in his body, that these people are, like, honoring his memory. Was throwing people by, into dumpsters? Like, using the implement of bullying. Like, by, like, painting yeah, but, this dumpster. But, like... But, Sam, remember, Finn let Kurt take his nice jacket off before he got thrown into that dumpster. Don't forget. No prejudice bone. Yeah. Okay, so the next scene is in the auditorium. It's the entire Glee Club singing Fire and Rain with Sam on guitar um, and Artie and Sam on lead. Um, so Fire and Rain, there isn't much to say about no. it. It is sad i guess yeah um yeah i it is the 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 thing i have so sam is doing it acoustically does that does that make me just sound like an emotionless weirdo okay see i thought that too like by the end of the episode i was like am i the psychopath or like because will (laughs) is obviously a fucking like psychopath like the the thing is sam is that like Like we're we're cut from a similar cloth, sure. right? So like it makes sense that we have similar emotional responses. So I can't tell you if you're a psychopath <laughs> or not because maybe I'm one. Well, the <laughs> you know the, here's the, the thing that I have to say about this though because it comes up again later. But like, do the writers just think that like country music and like acoustic guitar is sad? Is the best way to express grief, grief. like. Because I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true, and I also don't think that that's true for me specifically. Because like, yeah. I felt something during Seasons of Love, and I felt something during some yeah. of the other songs, but I don't feel much during this like plucky guitar sad song. It's it's also like just shots of like the glabies and shit, yeah. like being sad, right. and it's like I don't need this in the middle of the episode. Right. It it goes back to what you said before. Like it definitely feels like single production more than it does like heartfelt emotion. Yeah. So especially because it's like Finn never saying this. Like, no. It's just you just picked a sad song. Like. Yeah. Uh. So Santana walks out yep. at the end. She's like, she's like, bye, peace. <laughs> uh, can't handle it. And we see her going up to the memorial in the hallway. Yes. There's an entire memorial constructed for Finn with candles, posters, flowers. Um, we see Dottie next to it as well in a Cheerios uniform. Yes. And she's like, oh, Santana, I thought you were supposed to be with the Glee Club. I had Tina scheduled until 1045 for non-constructed grieving or something like yeah. that. Um, um, which grieving through songs yeah the the one thing i took away from this it does give us a clue that this has to take place after prom at least because Dottie is a cheerio yeah. now um yep but also so figgins is here who and he's like doing the sobbing shoulder thing um and then brie arrives to remove the yeah. candles specifically just she- the candles <laughs> um 
yeah, she just starts blowing out the candles. It's not like she's taking down the memorial. She's um, They're not even taking the candles. They're just blowing them yeah. out. Um, and Santana gets pissed. Like She's like, Figgins, you can't let them do this. Uh, like, how dare you touch this memorial? And Figgins says some like mildly racist stuff about Brie being the new Santana. Yeah. And uh, calling Santana the old Santana. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we find out from Bree that uh, the reason the candles are going out is because the fire marshal called and Sue sent them to do yes. this. And Santana's like, well, then I got to go to Sue. Yes. So she does that. She runs into Sue's office um, and just like starts reaming there, into her. There is, a, there is a cheeky little fart joke before oh. this. <laughs> yes argument happens where sue is like confronting donna being like i'm 60 percent sure that i was not the one who farted <laughs> that is yes um but so then satana arrives and just starts reaming into sue calls, oh yeah. yeah she she Go. calls her a cold-hearted yeah. bitch says that she never had um a nice word to say about finn and that she's always hated sue and that finn absolutely did as well um and then Sue Sue has like some mildly threatening lines and Santana's like, What are you gonna do? Expel me? I don't go here. Yeah. Well, and then Sue is like, Donna, call the police. And then Santana turns and is like, Donna, if you touch that phone, I will shove my foot so far up your That's assault. And then Santana is like, No, this is assault. And then like violently shoves Sue against like a big cupboard or something. Um yeah, yeah, as soon as the impact happens, Santana sort of has a moment of realization where she is like, whoa, I I just pushed someone. I pushed Sue into like a cabinet and then she runs away. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, part of this is that like, this is about this memorial, about like, a guess, like Santana accuses Sue of, take, of planning to take it down and Sue kind of agrees, but literally all we got in that last scene was that she wanted the candles gone because the file marshal called about it. Like, you yeah. could have just added like one extra line to have Brie be like, oh, Sue told us we need to start taking this down. And that would have explained all of this. But instead you were just lazy and just made it like, why? Anyway. I don't, I don't know, Sam. Because they are lazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, Tina goes to Emma for the next yes. scene. Uh, she's in Emma's office seeking counseling. And Emma's like, oh, well, tell me your feelings. And this is when Tina confesses that she doesn't know how much longer she can go on wearing black. Yes. <laughs> because she has sort of transitioned out of, like, the goth period of her life and really wants to put that, um, that like, look behind yes. her. And Emma, instead of sort of meeting her at her level and sort of dealing with this kind of, I don't know, consequence of grief and not being able to process one's emotions effectively, instead, like, judges her and give her, gives her some extremely judgy pamphlets. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Uh, I wrote them down. To be fair, it is funny, but you are absolutely right that Emma is so, like, hellbent on, like, treating people's grief in, like, a very standard, like, grieving about the death way that, like, she is so unreal, unwilling to meet Tina at her level. It's, ugh, but... Not not really a good counselor move there, no. Emma. Maybe that's why people aren't seeking counseling from you, because you're a bitch. That's me. So, I don't mean that. Edit that the, out, me. The pamphlets are, it's not all about you. 
when to stop talking, and wait, am I callous? Um, which, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's still, it is a funny joke, but it is, you're absolutely right that, like, this is, this is obviously a way that, like, Tina is manifesting some of the grief that she's feeling, and it's just like, ugh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Emma, come on, like... <laughs> Yeah. So then Will arrives, um, and he refuses grief counseling like a man. Um, I don't. I don't need grief counseling because crying is for for wimps yeah. or whatever. Um, Emma is like, you just you haven't cried. I know you haven't. Um, and then Will is insufferable some more about how yeah. he he can't cry because he has to be. Uh, he has to give other people emotional space to process and. Emma is like, well, I'm supportive of however you feel, of course. Yes, well, I, I wrote down that Emma points at, or Emma kind of calls him out for not crying because he's a sociopath. Um, and Will is like, I'm not a sociopath. I'm feeling all sorts of feelings, I swear. And then Emma's like, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, my God. That is sort of But it, it. is. Um, like, Will, yeah. Will, throughout this whole episode, just kind of is like, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of things. And everyone else is like, and uh-huh, he- uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm feeling everything. And then he lies. He tells, like, a big yes. lie. Like, a huge lie. Uh, yes. No, uh, we'll get to that. Believe me. It's it's so, so damning in terms of, is Will a sociopath or not? He most certainly is. He is yeah. so just bad. I mean, being a, being a sociopath doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. Um, but, like, Will's actions definitely make him a bad person. Yes. In this episode. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Specifically one action that we will get yes. to. Uh, anyway, Emma comforts him and he ushers himself out before he squeaks out a tear. Uh, <laughs> yes. So the next scene, um, yeah. a drunk puck uh, com- oh comes God. to talk with Shannon. Um, just rousing around McKinley, just sort of stumbling into the locker room. And Shannon's like, you're drunk. You know, well, I understand needing to drink. You're beautiful, which is sweet. Um, but so <laughs> Shannon kind of calls him out for not expressing his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, this is this is really where we hit home on the like toxic masculinity not allowing you to show grief plotline. Um, where Shannon's like, you just you don't have to be scared to have feelings. Yes. And Puck's like, I do have to be scared to have feelings. Let me knock some shit down. Um, And this is also where Puck is like, no one understands. Like he was my other half, (laughs) my moral compass. Um, I I think I'm sort of doing a better job of emoting. Well, that was in that line read than (laughs) than Mark Sailing does in the scene. That that was my note. Is this is less of a conversation and more of them just yelling and like not in like a like like not in like an emotive yelling way, just loudly saying things like yeah i think i think dot jones does an amazing job yes. in this scene actually okay, sure. um it's really more mark sailing who drops the ball a little bit um, yeah yeah he just he sort of yells the entire time um without real um, there's this is where we really get like the sort of body writhing yes like dry sobbing yes. Th- this is where um, i yeah, really clocked it I'm not saying that like Puck had to legit cry with actual tears for this to be believable. Um, but it feels pretty hollow. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, Shannon's performance doesn't feel hollow at all, which is really like why the scene feels weird. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, There is. And I, I think like the writing is good. It's really more the delivery. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Um, There's also a moment where Puck asks Shannon about using the Letterman jacket to like retire Finn's number, which comes yeah. across as such a devious shitty thing to be like oh you're an adult tell tell him he has to give me the jacket tell him <laughs> tell him he has to and it's like yeah that bit where like he's like people should remember him and it's like um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just it that that's the thing is like it, it the yeah. per- Mark Sailing's performance is just not good. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's I think that's why the, yeah. it's coming up because it's like I'm seeing this like side of it that like was probably not intended. Like you're like it feels really hollow. It's just yeah. Um, but but like I said, I think the writing is good, and Dot, Dot Marie Jones does uh, such a fantastic yeah. job. She's an amazing actress, and it's her tears never feel no. fake, and like her her like actual feeling of emotion is a good counterpoint to like these like manly men who like aren't allowed to feel yeah. <laughs> in this plot line. Um, and and yeah, yeah the, so the, the basic gist of the scene is that Puck feels unmoored without like a sense of, of morality basically that Finn provided. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know like what his life is going to be like now. And Shannon's like, well, you really have to come to terms with that. Uh, your life is going to be different because Finn is gone. Right. Um, and you need to put the tree back. Yes. And then Puck's like, I didn't steal it. And then Shannon's just like, bitch. <laughs> and, and Puck, and Puck admits that he's stolen it and that he'll return well, it. He also admits that he doesn't know how trees work. Cause he's like, oh yeah. Cause he's, he's like, that tree was too small. <laughs> and then, then Shannon's <laughs> like, you know that trees grow, right? Like they grow. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think just to like, kind of give this a, moment like i think shannon's perform like the performance that shannon has in this episode dot marie jones obviously but i think it actually really helps to show like what a real educator's response is like where oh totally actually like like the she never really i i don't think she ever really overly exaggerates finn's impact um, or like, you know, is trying to claim that he was always a good guy. She points out that he was, he was like, he, she, she's the one who really has the mouthpiece of being like, like he was our quarterback, which is true. Like he was the quarterback, but like, well, Will says that line, oh, sure. but, um, like, but like her grief Shannon, is, I think her grief feels legitimate. How an, a real educator deals with grief by helping other people yeah. and also like, being able to deal with it like i don't know it's just in comparison yeah, to will as, as always shannon yes, is as such a, a better teacher like yeah. as a counterpoint to will who um quote unquote spends this episode making room for other people's grief um it like shannon instead like actually connects with people about the feelings that they're having um rather than making space for other people's feelings, whatever that means, you know? The next scene is uh, Santana in the choir room, standing in front of the New Directions. Uh, She opens up a speech with, like, some fat jokes about Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then she uh, starts singing If I Die Young. Yep. And 
can't really make it through the song. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she really, she really has an emotional breakdown. Um, and like really, um, she, where she really sort of bugs out is when people try to comfort her and she's like, don't touch me. And, screams and runs yeah see i i wrote down that she literally wails um because like honestly some of the performances in this episode kind of come off that way to me where it feels like like and i understand kind of a little bit where it's like well this is my job to be an actor and like my character is sad about this person's death but like it does kind of feel a little bit like the people at Kim Jong-il's funeral where they're just throw it like screaming mm. and it's like I just yeah you know I don't I don't really read this scene as Santana um like wailing over Finn's death really more like not being able to interact with people on this kind of emotional level sure. that's um, fair instead and, and the next piece of this scene kind of helps round that out a little bit but it just yeah. it just felt like immediately with the, yeah, the, go for it. the song is beautiful yeah. again a, again a country song to help express grief it is really beautiful though but i i i think this one is a a little bit more pointed rather than just being a sad country sure. song it is like about the death of a young person yeah, that's true so yep. um but yeah so then uh kurt finds her in the auditorium after she runs out of the room um, and she opens up about how she was trying to be nice, but she couldn't. She just couldn't bring herself to it. She has like a, a typed out speech yep. of um, nice things about Finn. And when Kurt asks her to read it, she's like, oh, no, it's too embarrassing. And Kurt tells her that shame is a wasted emotion. Yes. And um, do you, does she want to be remembered on her death? Like, it, would it be such a bad thing for people to remember her being nice? Yeah. Um, and, uh, then Santana does share a few things about, um, a few nice things that Finn did that we never saw in the show. Right. Well, one of them was when they were having sex. So like, I'm not too upset about but, that. Yeah, I guess. Um, and the, there's like a prank that Becky did where Santana sat on chocolate cake. Yes. And then, um, yeah. and Finn like, like ha- hit it with his jacket as she ran yes. out. Um, which is sweet. I would have liked to see that, yeah. you know? Well, that's the, the big thing about this is this culminates in Santana saying he was a mesh. He was a much better person than I am. And then Kurt responds with that's true, which <laughs> ouch, <laughs> fuck. fuck off. Like, um, but I mean, that is like the nice thing is Kurt does kind of like, save I think, it a little, I think but... the thing to say there is really more like what makes a good person yeah. or like, What's a, what's a measure of a good person? Or, or, or like kind of what Kurt like leads into afterwards where he's like, yeah, you know, Finn was a really good person, but he, that, what that, that also reflects on you, that he was nice to you means that he probably valued you too. Like, and that's a much nicer thing yeah. to say than being like, you're not, yeah, you're right. You're not a good person. <laughs> Yeah, you're Santana. You're not a good person. But do you remember when Finn outed you and never apologized? <laughs> um, sorry. No, God. No, but Meg, that's that's the thing. Like, I I understand this being a memorial, and the, like when people think of a memorial, for some reason, it always has to be like happy and like all the good things. But like, yeah, and we there's a place for also remembering that like 
Finn did some shitty shit. And like the fact that he ended up being marginally better than that is good. And we should celebrate that too. But the show doesn't want to do that. Yeah, we should celebrate his growth, which is why I feel like the episode kind of reads as a memorial to Corey Monteith rather than as a memorial to Finn, the character, because it's not really true to a lot of the things he did. Um, But whatever. All right. The next scene is back in the court. Kurt gives her the jacket. What's up? That's an important point. Yes. Yes. That's true. Yes. Um, Like as she's singing, as she's crying, um, she's like, can you leave, please? Because Santana literally cannot show emotion in front of other people in this episode. Um, And Kurt gives her the jacket. Uh, and then we go back to the choir room where we sing, we see Puck singing the love song to Finn that he never got to yep. sing. It even, it even um, uses the word baby to reference the like recipient of the yeah. song. It's no surrender, um, but he also does it acoustically, which is where I really get into this like, do you think that acoustic guitars are sad? Because... I mean, they're kind of sad, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot of that this episode. And at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't do it for me. It might do it for some other people. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Um, This is where I really was like, because Puck says in this scene with Shannon, like, no one understands. And it's like, this is where we really see where, like, Puck and Puck's, like, true love for sure. Finn. um it was never consummated. So there was a lot of like pent up emotion sure, there. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> very much expressed in this kind of subtly homoerotic Bruce Springsteen yes. uh, love song. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it's well done. Like, I mean, honestly, all the songs this episode are well done. So yeah, he, he stares longingly at Finn's empty chair sure. For the majority of the song. Will Will which... stares at him the whole time to learn what it looks like to feel grief. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah, sort of. Uh, so the song ends and uh, Santana comes in on the warpath. Yes. Uh, this is seemingly the next day because she is wearing a different outfit than she was for the last well, maybe song. she maybe but she also says that she went to the nurse's office so maybe she cha- to have a grief siesta maybe she changed i don't know she just had a costume change what's she doing there glee um anyway the nub and gist of it is that the, the jacket is missing yes. and santana is sure that puck has stolen yes. it um and puck admits is like no i didn't steal it i wouldn't steal it and everyone is like Puck, listen. If so- if someone had the jacket, <laughs> well, that no, yeah, like like Artie kind of speaks for the rest of Glee, I guess. And he's like, dude, if anyone is at the top of the list of suspects, it's you. And then, and yeah, then, like Santana is like, it's not cool. And then Kurt's like, dude, it's really not cool. And then everyone leaves. And then <laughs> Puck is like turning to Will, and he's like, I really didn't do it. And Will's like, well, I'm not saying you did it. But if you, know, you did I don't it. think anyone would be upset if you just returned it. If if someone returned it, I'm sure it would be fine, which, Puck. So, um, which is like, okay, let's talk about yes. it right now. Will's the one who stole the jacket. Yes. He is a, a psychopath. <laughs> he is like evil. Guilting Puck right now? Like, after you saw him sing his love song? Like, 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 bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like... Like, Puck, like, who, what kind of person is, like, let me make someone feel intense amounts of shame for no good reason. 
Like, yeah, for for something that I did. <laughs> you ass. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, the first watch are like, oh, this yeah. is typical Will stuff. The second watch are like, fuck you. Like, Jesus Christ. Fuck you. You monster. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but you don't, we didn't know it at this point when you watch it the first time. But if you're watching this and you haven't seen it before, Will stole the jacket and he is being the biggest douche. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, uh, so emotionally manipulative. Yes. Poor Puck, honestly. Yes. Um, but yeah, so then we move into a, a round of, I, I don't know. I guess this this kind of feels like it's like wrapping up all of the different characters like sadnesses yeah. like we're they, starting they on this. Yeah. Rec- Sue and Santana reconcile uh over the fight that they had where Santana mm. goes in to like apologize for basically assaulting Sue and Sue's like no you had a point um I am horrible I am mean um and I did feel I I feel something about Finn's death. And she talks about wasted potential. The weird thing about what Sue is doing here is she specifically says that this, like, feeling isn't about regular things. It's only about Finn. Like, um, she, she has... Because, yeah. like, Satana's like, well, maybe you should take this as a lesson. And then Sue's like, cut the crap. This isn't about people. This is about him. And it's like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> Um, the writing, the writing is sort of bullshit here. Um, like the writing sucks. But what do you think of Jane Lynch's performance? Like I thought it was pretty good. I believed it that like this is when we've seen a few times when Sue actually like sort of breaks down that emotional barrier, yeah. um, and like emotes truly, and it 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 felt legit. Oh yeah, no, no, I think so too. And I do honestly, I do kind of love the conclusion of nihilism, where it's just like. Everything sure. is pointless. It was all for nothing. Everything sucks. Like, yeah, kind of. Like, I, I think that sentiment needs to exist yes. in a memorial episode for, like, the death of a teenager. Especially. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's just, I, I feel like it's maybe the best lesson to come out of it. It's like, it just feels like it wasn't for anything. And like, it's like, yeah, it feels like a waste. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Yes, it yes. does. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh the next good. the next moment is um the Glabies placing drumsticks at the memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh and this is Kitty's only line in the episode where she's like, This feels a little well, weird. She says, she says this like feels that. a little cheesy, which agree. There we go. Uh yeah, I mean, but it's supposed right. to be. You're placing like a memento on a memorial. Maybe you should like don't mention it. You know, <laughs> just sort of sit in that uncomfortableness, Kitty. Um, and this is when Rachel makes her entrance. Yes. She arrives wearing um, a very like Ohio Rachel As, look. Yeah, very very uh, high school Rachel um, in this episode. Yes, and she's sporting her Finn necklace, yep. and she is being I don't know escorted around by Kurt. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. And she comments that the memorial is nice. Yes. And then it immediately cuts to the choir room. Um, I'm assuming there's a commercial break or something. But so we cut to the choir room yeah. where she makes a speech, um, which is where I noted that I feel this is where I felt a lot of like the most raw emotion. Like I was saying with like Leah Michelle's like, l- like actual real life connection to Corey Monteith. It really mm-hmm. for me, it really came across here. 
And it was weird because I didn't know, like, with, with the beginning of the episode where they don't even show Rachel. Like, they just kind of, like... Like, they don't even really say Rachel that often. They just kind of talk about her and stuff. Like, yeah. um, I had a feeling that she might not even be in the episode. But um, I feel like... Here yeah, she is. Here she is. And she did, like... It, like, it, it was a nice speech. And she does kind of give... Like, I, I guess I'm thinking about a little bit of a later scene, too. But, like, in this scene, she gives this little speech. And then she sings Adele's uh, Make You Feel My Love, which is emotional it's good it's yeah we get a shot of will on the verge of Mm. tears he's not actually crying uh and you know what the fucked up thing is is that will cries all the fucking time like (laughs) whatever uh and we see shots of new direction comforting one another during this song this is where everyone is like legit yes you know yeah they're they're actually weeping it out for a real actual tears around the room on this one uh this, there's some slow movement of the camera, which is good. I'm glad it isn't um, jerky. I don't know. Yeah. Jerky around really quick. It, it's not, it doesn't really fit for the scene. Um, and there's a shot where it's, it's like Clay and crying together, like Blaine really feeling it and Kurt just being like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and behind them, it looks like Marley is like straight up asleep on Jake's shoulder um is did you say sleeping yeah i don't know why they just yeah it looks like she's like straight up asleep um i don't know why they decided to use that shot whatever i mean Um, it's supposed to be like couples or whatever right all feeling their sadness if they ever lost one i I get that but it it just looks like marley is asleep in the background fair enough uh it's it just seems like a bad choice to me uh and now we're gonna go to the next scene uh the song is beautiful obviously uh, and so the next scene is Santana posting, uh, flyers about the jacket. She has put a, um, I guess like a $10,000 yes. reward, um, up for the return of the jacket. Um, and Will comes up and is like, wow, seems like a pretty hefty reward. And Santana says, I'm not going to pay it out. I'm just going to beat up the person who <laughs> stole it. Uh, <laughs> And um, Will's just like, hmm, yeah. And Santana says that, yes, she wants to get the jacket back before she goes home, which is New York, and that she'll probably not be back to Lima for a long time, maybe never, because this place just reminds me of everything I've lost, Yeah, is the line. Um, Yeah, and this is where Will is, again, a fucking psychopath. because <laughs> yes, you'll remember, he is the one who took the jacket, like... He's like, you should just go. This you should bitch. just go home. Go home, Santana. Like, go home. Go home. You don't need the jacket. <laughs> Jesus. Um. But he also has a line that, in like, this comes up literally every time because Will's a terrible teacher. But he has a line about how, as a teacher, he gets to quote see his kids grow up and leave the nest. And I'm like, that's what parents do. Like, sure, there is an element of that to well, teaching, but like. Will takes it so far and is like, oh, it's so weird. I don't know. He takes it to a to a degree that is like, I don't know. If if he's going to form these like real human bonds with students, like maybe he should uh, feel okay about crying yeah. at the death of one of them. Yeah. I yep. don't know. Uh, so the next scene is Puck replanting the mm-hmm. tree and uh, cracking a cold one with Shannon. A cold root beer, uh, Maggie. 
they're they're root beers um and uh they have a a chat about the line on finn's plaque um that like represents his life you know the the dash between the two years um yeah and like you know the impact of that line or whatever and how puck has to really forge his own path now um and uh, we find out that he's going to join the Air Force. Yes. Um, there's a line that seems to make it look like he thinks it's going to be like Top Gun, which Shannon does have a fun. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they were naval fighters. Naval? They were naval yeah. officers. Um, and Puck just sort of shakes that yep. one off. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he drives his motorcycle yeah. off to the Air Force. I think this scene is a lot better than the one they have in the locker Absolutely. room. Um, yeah. And there's a, a really nice parting line from Shannon where she's like, have a good line. Yeah. Um, and uh, we see a uh, the tree, which uh, they've carved quarterback into. Yeah, well, Puck uh, definitely did that. Yeah. It, Shannon had no part, I'm sure, but... Yeah, Shannon wouldn't do that to a tree. She's too soft, and I love her so well, much. Was, when we first watched it, Chris was like, that tree's going to die now. And I was like, have you seen a tree? <laughs> Are you Puck? Um, <laughs> but that, that tree no, won't die. it'll be fine. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be fine. But um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, so then we move to another, I don't know, reconciliation of sorts. Rachel arrives in mm-hmm. the glee room. Um, and chats about Will, or chats about Will's grief, um, in the sense that Will doesn't seem to have any, and also Will just studies her to learn what real grieving looks yeah, like. Yeah, Will's like, Will's like, hmm, tell tell me about how you're grieving, <laughs> and and he almost he like pulls yes. out a notebook. No, I'm just kidding. He does not. He is like taking notes on something though. I think it's music, but whatever. Um. So Rachel um, talks about how she's been having conversations with Finn or um, she's like, oh, you know, our relationship was really just me talking and him pretending to listen. So it's not that much different. Um, That's so like. There's some (sighs) really touching, sad moments. She's like, will I forget his voice? Will I forget his face? I'm sure I will. He was my person. Um, And she also shares like this plan that she had in her yeah. head where she would, you know, make become a big star uh, and then come back to Lima for Finn. And that's uh, confirmed, like, Ryan Murphy's plan also. <laughs> like, that's how he said the show was going right. to end. Um, was yeah. with um, Rachel and Finn reconciling and, you know, getting married or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so... There is that. Uh, I I think you can really feel Leah Michelle's grief here, and that like her performance through Rachel uh, feels really genuine to the character and to like grief. Yeah. Um, there is the line where she's like praising Will, where she's like, "I didn't know before this week if I'd ever sing again, but now I know I will." Yeah, um, that felt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the I I agree. I think it's nice. Like it, it's a it's a nice speech that she has um, obviously minus the line about Woody Allen. Cause like that did, like, yeah. I mean, I would say that didn't age well, but like, did that ever, was that ever? Okay. No. no. Um, no. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice that we get kind of a finality, I think to the Rachel yeah. Finn relationship. And it's nice that like 
I know I've been critiquing them for having like the rosy glasses and all, but like there were like we we've talked a lot about Finchel and how like bad they were for each other and how they both brought out the worst mm-hmm. in each other. But there were some aspects of it that were kind of sweet in that like, you know, it, yeah. like it, it sounds terrible. Like Rachel talked and Will pretended or it's not Will <laughs> Finn pretended to listen and like, and that's what yeah. she needed. So, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. well, to wrap um, up the scene, Rachel presents. Yeah. Rachel, yes, Rachel has a special plaque that she brings in a very special box. Um, it's all very special. It uh, is very similar to the of plaque. Lillian of Adler, yes, it's so good. Lillian Adler, <laughs> a, a portrait of Finn, and then a quote underneath. Uh, the quote on Finn's plaque is, "The show must go all over the place, or something." Yeah. Which is, I, I think, a good quote for the plaque. Uh, yeah. And both Rachel and Finn sort Rachel of share. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rachel and Will sort of share a watery laugh. Yeah. Over um, his untraditional. Over. Smartness. Over how bad the writing was and still is. Um, yeah. I, I think it's. I think that line is sort of cute. <laughs> I think the plaque itself is really nice. Um, it's like very cohesive for the actual Glee universe yeah um, i do it is a lot better than the lillian adler one like in that finn actually looks like he's yeah, kind of smiling it's a better, yeah it's a better portrait for sure uh and now we get the the final nugget of the episode where will goes home pulls out the letterman <gasps> jacket from his bag a big reveal that he is the world's biggest <laughs> asshole and cries into it yes. um and then emma is comes home as well i don't know why they didn't fucking carpool <laughs> <laughs> they work at the same place well, and live at the same place Will had to hide the um, evidence maggie he did a crime he did, a, sure. he did an emotional crime so he, he basically did and then emma comforts him because that's emma's point in the show is to be disrespected repeatedly and then um comfort the person maggie, who does it. i think you're looking at the scene the wrong way Will Emma mm-hmm. arrives home and hears hears in the other room. She's like, "Ooh, what's that?" And she goes over and she's he she crying? sees Will crying and her face lights up with joy. He's he has a, a weakness. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. He's a human being. He's a person. I'm not gonna be murdered in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we're joking, but like seriously, Will is a robot and terrible all the time. So. Yeah, and like, why did they make the choice for Will for Will to steal the jacket? I don't, I don't know. Why did they do Maggie, that? It's how it's it's how he expresses his grief by acting like a teenager. Will or something. doesn't. Will doesn't deserve the jacket. That's no. for sure. Um, the so but to be fair, the jacket is such a weird thing anyway. Like. It feels like such a ham-fisted it, way of being like, here are the main characters of the episode. Like, Well, it, but it also represents, like, it, like Kurt says uh, when he puts it on, he's like, when Finn was wearing this, it was like he had a superpower. Yeah, like, uh, it, it represents, like, Finn's positioning and how, like, Mercedes mentioned how, like, he was the first cool person to ever, like, show weirdos respect sure. yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and the jacket does represent that character element. Kind of. It's weird. Cause like when, uh, honestly, Puck should have the jacket. Yes. 
Let's be real. Puck should have gotten it. He should he should have ridden off on his motorcycle with Finn's jacket. Yeah. Um no, that's true. It, I think the weird thing for me is that Santana was so like obsessed with having it where I'm like yeah. I I know that like they've had they've been pretty friendly in the past, but I didn't see Santana and Finn as one of the biggest like relationships in Finn's life, especially like mm-hmm. after they graduated. It didn't seem like they really kept in touch at all, you know? Yeah, well, like I said, I think this episode wanted to deal with, like, the themes of dealing with grief and, like, people's capability of doing so. Um, And, like, being... And, like, having, like, an emotional closed off, which I think is why Santana is featured. Also, like, Naya Rivera is one of the strongest actors in the cast, so I think it was a good choice to have her be a main character in this episode because she was actually able to do like some believable acting. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's fair. And I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be mad that Santana is featured in an episode. Sure. That's fair. I, I just, I don't know. Like, and here's like, personally, maybe I, it, it would have been better for, for me, but this is really kind of selfish if, like, Leah Michelle had a bigger part in this episode. But honestly, like, I don't yeah. want to ask that from her because it's up to her how much she wants to participate in this part. And, like, the amount she did was still really good. So, I don't know. <sighs> well. Okay. So, now we're going to yeah, do the podcast business. The podcast business podcast business but it's a metaphor and metaphors are important gold stars are important because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star um yeah yeah sorry i didn't have any plucky guitar to really hit that (laughs) off uh we're gonna do gold stars first my gold star is going to shannon beast this episode oh so is mine Yes, 100%. Great. Obviously. She, best teacher, best comforter, best everything. Best griever. I think there are other good performances, but Shannon Beast really um, is, the sh- is the gold star for the yes. episode. Okay. The next thing is best number. Our options are I'll Stand By You. Burm- uh, well, we have Seasons of Love at the beginning of mm-hmm. the episode. I'll Stand By You by Mercedes. Fire and Rain by the Ensemble. Uh, Then we have If I Die Young by Santana, which does have a missing chorus, but not in the 99 cent iTunes version. (laughs) Uh, And then we have No Surrender by Puck. And finally, Make You Feel My Love by Rachel at the end. Yes. Um, So Maggie, what do you think? What what do you think of best number wise? I think the best number has got to be Seasons of Love at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, or, listen, I think a lot of the songs have good points. And it's hard for me to pick a best number in this episode because um, not a lot of, like, they're all relatively similar yeah. in my brain. There are, there's definitely the worst one, which is Fire and sure. Rain. Yeah. Um, and, um, I think, but I think No Surrender is really good as like a capping of Puck and Finn's like emotional journey. Um, I think If I Die Young is good because it's really thematically coherent with the episode. Sure. Um, and 
Seasons of Love is good because like the performance of it is amazing and it's like truly an ensemble performance rather than just like a soloist. Yeah. Uh and Make You Feel My Love is good. Yeah. Right? Um Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh but I'm I think I am going to choose Seasons of Love. Uh Yeah, yep. I'm I'm also picking Seasons of Love. Part of it for me is that if they had I, I and they made this choice and that's well we'll get to it in just a second because the ratings coming up but um honestly if they had just done the opening sequence of like seasons of love picture of Finn like that for me might have been enough for them to just like do oh, that sure. at like the end of an episode and then be like at the end would be like like just have the like the little like placard for Cory Monteith like after that like that would have been a-okay. Rather than having a self-serving spectacle of our own yes, sadness. exactly. But yeah, so I think Seasons of Love is the best number. It also is the one that's most emotionally resonant for me, just because, like, has lots mm-hmm. of baggage associated with it, I guess, because, you know, Rent and yeah. all. But yeah. Because, yeah, because we're gay trash and Rent is for yes. us. Yeah. So, so. Bo- bougie white gay Yay. trash. Yay. Um, yeah, that's so that's those two things. And now we're going to do the rating for the episode. One out of five slushies. I think I'm actually going to give this episode zero slushies. Because okay. um, I think this is probably the best version of the episode they could possibly yeah. make. Um, because I also like that Will is portrayed as an enormous lying shithead. <laughs> uh, because that is who he yes. is, truly. Yeah, that's true. Um. I I went for one and a half out of five slushies, mostly because I'm still not entirely convinced that, like, like I was just saying, I just don't know if this is the best choice. I'm glad that they did it. I'm glad that it worked for them. Like, obviously, I think I think for Glee's own sake, they needed to do something like this. And I mean, they had to address right. it, yeah. right? Like, they couldn't just not. Yeah, it's just, I I mean. It's so weird to have an episode. They, they, yeah. But they did legit monetize and capitalize on someone's yeah. death. Like that happened. Their viewers, exactly. like, their viewership It's kind of the same thing where like when Glee ever kind of makes an episode about like a real world tragedy, um, it always mm-hmm. just kind of feels weird um, and kind yeah. of icky. So that's kind of my main reservation. I also don't really like some of the, and I brought it up, but like some of the performances I'm not completely sold on. And also, just especially some of the plots Mark Sailing in some points. Yeah, yeah. Sue's whole thing is weird, honestly, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm giving but, it one and a half. But there I are think, good things that. Like, I agree with you. I think this is honestly probably the best version of what they could have done with this. I just don't know if they should have done this. Like, yeah. Here we are. Um, I think we can be. So. I think we can be thankful that they didn't turn this into like a preachy after school oh special God. moment. Yeah. That I don't understand those reviewers that are like, oh, why they why they would yeah, want like, that? Like they've done don't that you before, that and I hate so it. More like, like a, oh, so. that's so much more of like a kick in the face to Corey and his family. Like, yeah, uh, okay. So that's the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're going to cut it now, I think, rather than bloviate on like we normally do. 
Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, if you have thoughts about this episode that you'd like to share with us, hit us up at Twitter at SNM at or at our email at snmhakely at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page uh, where you can donate um, uh, to us. Uh, we push most of our Patreon subscription donations to donating ourselves. Right now it's to the Trans Law Center. Uh, and um, yeah, there's, there is that. And if you prefer to make like one time donation, just hit us up in the email and we can, um, shake that out for yep. you. Uh, what else? Um, Sam? I think that's just about everything. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said at the top, I have the disclaimer. I'm just going to repeat myself a little bit. Like, yeah. I think I'm also going to apologize. Yeah. Like we're, we are, we don't mean to offend anyone. Um, and especially like we we don't mean to downplay Corey's death. It is like we've said a tragedy. Absolutely, um, addiction is not, should not be dealt with like it's some sort of moral failing. It's disease that needs to be like treated as mm-hmm. such. And um, we we do. I I feel like genuinely sad about Corey's death, and it it was a a wasted potential, yeah. just like the the episode yeah. said. And that's, yeah, I just, I, I, I just want people to be aware that like what I said about this episode, I intended to be about the episode of Glee. I'm very much trying to separate it from the actual real world situation. Um, I know that that's really hard to do in a lot of cases and especially here just because it is so intertwined. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say. We couldn't just we couldn't just skip no. this one. Yeah, you know? that's that's the real problem. Like if we could have, we would have, but we couldn't. So here we are. Um, I think that's everything though. So next week, oh, go we have yeah. Um, to let you know, Sam, I've watched ahead uh, because I cannot control myself. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think that's the, that's pretty clear by this point. I watched um, a few more episodes. I've watched like four more. I watched up to episode okay. seven of this season, and I gotta tell you, there's some awesome episodes See, coming up. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing. Is like the next episode specifically. Just to, like it's it's gonna be episode four, a Katie or a Gaga. Immediately, I'm sold. I'm hooked. Let's do it. Like, like yeah, Maggie. Could it be that season five of Glee is actually really good? <laughs> it's really good. Listen, I watched up to maybe the best episode of okay. Glee ever. Oh, okay. Okay. Well. And I, I feel like I'm sort of an authority. At this point, yes. Yeah. On that. Right? Um, it's episode okay. seven. And it's okay. amazing. Well, um, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll have to work our way up to it. But, like, that is that is kind of exciting. Um, okay. Well. I think that's everything. So, until next week, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top.